as you are a, a three-time guest on my podcast, you, you've upgraded <laughs> the question at the beginning that I stole from Tim Ferriss, which is normally, what did you eat for breakfast? But now I'm changing it up to, if you were in front of a firing squad, what would your last meal be? If I was in front of a firing squad, what would my last meal be? Damn, dude, that's even harder, I think, than your last qu- – that's substantially harder than the last question because <laughs> that straight up was like a fact. This is a, this is a guess. Um, does it have to be a full meal or should it be like an, one item or what? It should be a full meal? Whatever your top of your head answer is. Top of my head answer is ice cream, man. Okay. There's something about it where like no matter what diet I'm on or like what I'm doing, that's one where like – the amount of ice cream in front of me is what I will ingest, and it's a weakness that I cannot <laughs> I don't know what to do with dude I don't <laughs> I feel that <clears throat> I think that i that's how i I mean that's how I'd see it off, I guess. Welcome to Music on Your Own Terms, the podcast that aims to help musicians develop an entrepreneurial mindset through interviews, as well as discussing resources, concepts, successes, and more. Providing a platform to talk about negative emotions such as anxiety and depression in order to help overcome them in the context of music and reduce the social stigma. This is episode 99. Sponsored by the Skinny Armadillo Printing Company in Fort Worth, Texas, offering screen printing, embroidery, laser engraving, and a range of other services. Go to theskinnyarmadillo.com to learn how they can help you get your merch business to the next level. If you enjoy the podcast, there are a couple of ways you can help support me and spread the word. You can buy some merch at store.musiconyourownterms.com and also sign up for the mailing list to stay in the loop. What would really help right now is to go to Podcast Magazine's website at podcastmagazine.com forward slash hot50 and vote for the podcast in their Hot 50 monthly chart. Joining me for the 99th episode of the podcast is my good friend Dave Swillam from the Waking Up From Work podcast. Last time I had Dave on the podcast was episode 46, and prior to that was just after we met in episode 14. Both of those episodes were joint efforts, so this time we decided to create unique episodes, and you can hear Dave's interview with me on episode 87 of his podcast, recorded on the same day. In this interview, Dave updates us on what he's been doing recently, including the amazing news that he has purchased a property near Portland, Maine, that he is renovating into a full-service studio with on-site living quarters for musicians to rent out. We also learn about how he's been adapting his business to COVID, what the future holds for the podcast, and what he's been up to with his band Broadwing. I hope you enjoy this casual chat. It's always a fun time hanging with Dave, seeing what each other is getting up to, and feeding off what each other is doing in a similar space. I really hope you'll go give Dave some love on YouTube and help him get to 100 subscribers in order to get that all-important custom URL. The teaser video he's got up looks really cool and I can't wait to see the process of renovating the property into a studio and hopefully I'll get to go visit later next year and see how he's getting along. All right, so you're ready to get going then? Yeah, man. this puppy out? Yeah, we've never done it this way, so I'm interested in this. All right, cool. 
Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today, I'm hanging out with my good friend, uh, Dave, from Waking Up From Work Podcast. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Thank you for having me on uh, again and being on mine again, dude. Absolutely. Yeah, so, I mean, I think this is coming out as episode 99. Um, so, we're working our way to 100 at the end of the year. Um, so, Crazy. I wanted to get some previous guests to kind of celebrate that. So, thank you. Um, yeah, it's been great journey. Been great to, uh, you know, meet you way back. I think your first episode was episode 14 of my podcast, at least. Yeah. So, yeah, I wanted to catch up and see what you've been up to, what, you know, how your podcast is going, how life in general is going. The big the big one is your uh, your news and, and what your current endeavor is. So let's talk about that to start off with. Yeah, man. Um, a lot has changed since that time we talked on that episode. Uh, it's been almost two years since that time, and I've been working my tail off in that time. So a lot has changed in life. I think, I mean, we have been talking about it and we've been checking in, but I'm about, I'd say just over a month, month and a week in of moving to this property that has been a goal of mine since I was a teen to, to do this. And so I'm, I'm pretty excited to actually be standing on the ground here for this place. That's going to be the thing that I want to do, but a lot more to, uh, a lot more to go here of actually making that happen. So, Mm. um, I guess, do you want me to like tell people what, what it is that I'm working on? Oh, absolutely. I think, I mean, just for me, I think it's fucking fantastic that you're doing it and it's so exciting. Cool. Yeah. So I, I, I know that like, I've been talking to Simon so much that it's like I've I've got hesitancy to like repeat the spiel again, but uh, I know that a lot of you probably haven't heard me on some of the other episodes. So uh, my name is Dave Swillam. I'm the host of the Waking Up From Work podcast and engineer for Crawlspace Audio. And a lot of stuff's happened, but my, my ultimate goal here with this property, um, I guess, roots back to kind of like some of my experiences that I saw growing up, you know, trying to pursue being a full-time engineer and a combo of that and like a reality of like, how do we actually do this in the modern age with college debt? So when I was growing up, um, you know, I, I named my audio stuff Crawl Space Audio because I started recording bands in my parents' basement when I was 16. And I knew pretty early on at that point that I was going to do this for a profession I went to school for it. I have episodes on mine about whether school is worth it or not, to be honest with you. And for a lot of you, I'm going to tell you that you definitely don't have to go to school to be an engineer. I'm always really focal on that. But for me, it made sense for my character and for who I was at the time. I needed that to make me honestly a better musician before audio. It made me a better musician, better ear, and just a lot more serious about what I was doing. And when I got out of there, I started, uh, you know, in college, interning at a a studio in mass, you know, working live sound venues, uh, interning at a record label and a big mix of music industry in New England. And all the time, you know, touring with my metal bands or playing around the local New England scene in, in hardcore and punk bands. And I knew from starting to work in some of those industries that the money is still in the industry. It's still here, but it's different than it used to. And I knew with studios and looking at the books and the business that the money is different in studios 
at that time and, and knew that instead of working for someone else that for my own character, I needed to work by myself. I needed to work uh, to own whatever it was that I had just because of the way that I am. And um, I also knew like money wise, I needed to make it so that I own the business so that that way I could make the type of money and living that I wanted to make in life. So that's a long story getting mm. to, to where we're at, but I felt like it, it, it made sense for the context of the industry and my income, which is I'm not a loaded person trying to do this. Going to some conventions growing up, I went, I was part of the Audio Engineer Society. I still am. I would go to these conventions in LA or New York City to go see these people speak. And I would see these producers and engineers that were amazing people that were producers on, you know, the Beatles White Album or like a Led Zeppelin record or Fleetwood Mac or all of these uh, legends and, and things like that. And a bunch of modern producers too. And I would hear some of these people speak about, you know, a lot of these big bands would get really burnt on tour and they wouldn't want to record in a traditional studio because it would be too stressful. Like they, like I went to a, a party at Avatar Studios in Manhattan, amazing studio, you know, has so many artists in there. We were there when, when Bruno Mars was tracking like his second record or something like that. It was the coolest place, beautiful but it's kind of stressful to be in downtown Manhattan, to be honest, right? I'm just, uh, for not for everyone, but for me, I'm not that person. And I think a lot of artists aren't too. And also studio time, like me growing up, I was always recording at studios and studio time was stressful. You know, a lot of studios in cities were stressful to me. And I kind of wanted to to mimic some of these ideas that I saw these producers do where, where they would rent French chateaus, like straight up a farmhouse. It wasn't actually meant to be a studio and they'd be dragging Neve boards in through the windows to these places to make it so that these artists that are huge artists could go stay there for a month and a half and record. And, and I saw pictures and videos of these guys riding on bikes into town, like hanging out in these fields and just doing whatever, but they'd also record really influential records. And it was totally because they were recharging the right way. They were truly getting away from stuff. So when they had that publicity and that media, they were actually able to get away from that a little bit and detach from some of that connection. And it led to some amazing records. So with my past of me experiencing that myself and then seeing this amazing thing that had happened to make amazing records, I really wanted to give that ability to indie artists. I wanted, I wanted artists that with the industry that's changed and the studios that have changed, there's not really nearly as many big studios. Now home studios are overweighting commercial studios by the truckload. It's, it's unbelievable. And for those that record yourselves out there, you can record amazing records at home. I kind of wanted to split the difference. I wanted the overhead of a home studio but I really wanted a professional commercial studio and I wanted to use that to be able to deliver the ability for indie artists, small artists, local artists from Boston, New England, where Maine, obviously, that's where I'm at. And then uh, anywhere to be able to fly in and work in a recording studio that's professional commercial. But this is actually an 1850s farm that I bought with a couple acres of, of grassland out here that's all wide open. And we are creating artist living quarters here. We're, we're creating uh, some hopefully some passive income through an Airbnb in one section of it. 
and my wife and I will be living here and also having the studio in the barn here. So it's a little, uh, hmm. it's our little complex here north of, uh, north of the greater Portland area. And that was so that we could, at an affordable rate, um, still deliver some really professional results. But, but really, the experience is something that I'm hammering on, is, is giving people the ability, if you want to record in a week or a weekend, you can live here. You stay here on site and you can have everything that you need to do. If you recharge best by going to the countryside and you want to go hang out in Lake Sebago 20 minutes away, you can go do that and be in nature and be left alone. If you want to go hang out in downtown Portland and go have some city life because you are from the country and now you want the city and that's how you recharge and get energized and pumped up, you can go do that in 20 minutes. And ultimately, if you want to record vocals at 10 o'clock at night with some whiskey, that's fine. If you want to record drums at 6 a.m. with me or 4 a.m. with me, I, I'm going to live here and I just don't give a shit. Like mm -hmm. I, 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 live, I want to live inside it and I want everyone to live inside their own records um, and not, we're, we'll also be doing that with content creation, like podcasting, audiobooks, and uh, like music written royalty free for YouTube uh, and content creators. But that's going to become a split brand as something different uh, a little bit uh, later next year mm. too. But it will be offering the same experience for those type of creatives too, where they can come live on site, launch their audiobook, live on site, launch their podcast, whatever it is. But it's all based off of that one experience. That's what I am trying to do here. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I, I totally believe in you. I think it's going to be great. It's going to be an absolutely amazing thing. I appreciate it, man. Your belief is important because we chat a lot. We do. Um, and yeah, that, that is a nice segue into just talking about our podcast. Obviously, we've been doing it about the same amount of time and we're roughly in the same ballpark of episodes. What was it that made you want to do a podcast in the first place? I I don't know exactly what made me like... I had just gotten into listening to podcasts at that time. And I think I was listening to stuff like Pat Flynn, mm -hmm. like earlier entrepreneur stuff like that. And that was at a time where I really needed to like wake up and like take shit seriously to get control again of heading back towards what I wanted to do for a goal and not like away into the wilderness of working nine to five forever. And I felt when I was listening to him at that moment, I was like on my way to like not moving the right way. Mm. And so I was listening to other podcasts. I got that. I think I got inspired that way from him and some other people of like, holy shit, I need to redirect this a little bit. But then I was like, I don't feel like I have a circle of people that are trying to do things like this. And it's not like naysaying on anyone not trying to do that. Like, creative entrepreneur things like just working whatever it was just that i didn't have anyone to talk to right. because i couldn't talk to my friends that have no intention of ever owning a business no intention of ever making a career of music industry or creative living i couldn't bitch to them the same way that i could with someone like you or, or these people that have been awesome guests on my show and so I started the podcast really as a way of like almost networking at that point where I was like, hey, I don't know people. How do I get the exact people that I want to talk to? And, and then it, I decided that I was going to make a podcast so that that way I could speak my truth and, and say what's on my mind, even if I didn't have people 
in my life that I felt like I could communicate that to. So it's like, even if I was talking to a mic by myself in a room, I knew that people were on the other side listening and it felt like I was talking to someone. So it like felt good for me to air that out. And then it became a networking thing like crazy. And that's why I'll never give it up. I don't think mm. even if, though it's dude, it's been tiring. You know that it's tiring. Oh yeah. And, um, I just meet people. I'm forced to meet people every week and they give me good ideas or they introduce me to people or they challenge me or they get me out of my comfort zone or whatever every single week since that started. But I think the initial reason to just start it was just that I didn't have a, a community or a circle that I felt I could talk to. So mm -hmm. I wanted to find them or have them find me. Awesome. So uh, what would you say um, the biggest the biggest takeaway of the process, like not, not in terms of just running the podcast itself technically, but you know, from all the guests and all the, all the cool conversations you've had, what's the, the best thing that you've come away from it. So thus far. Yeah. Uh, like you, I ask a lot of, I ask like five, you, you have different questions that you ask, but, mm -hmm. and I know that you have the one in the beginning to kind of ice break. But I ask five questions at the end for consistency so that every guest get hit with essentially the same five questions. And I guess what I've learned through that consistency, you know, every small business entrepreneur or musician or artist that has been on there, they don't answer those questions the same. Mm. But what I get from them is, I guess, more confidence that I'm not crazy when I'm doing stuff that feels really ridiculous because right. it, it feels like a big risk or it feels like something that is ridiculous. Like you're just like driving somewhere like five hours away at midnight, you know, to some other state or country, or you're like, someone asks you to do something and then you're automatically like, yeah, I'll be in New York tomorrow. Or like, I will spend the last of my paycheck on this random thing and hope that it plays out. Like all these like random things that you do, it just feels absolutely crazy and you talk to a lot of people and then they say it is crazy and, and what you're doing is fucking crazy and um, <laughs> these these people after asking them that many times they validate like if i am crazy there are other people like me uh. so it's like okay to be that or i'm not crazy in that i just what you know just every person has their own tolerance for risk or what they want to do you know oh for sure you know your latest episode about the uh the uh, mixologists in in downtown Portland. That's yeah. probably one of the craziest ones so far. Just in terms of, hey, let's go buy a business and do it. We know nothing about it, so just we have. And I don't no want to give jobs. too much away for people. You know, make sure you go <laughs> listen to the episode. But it's like, yeah, why not? But they were successful and they've built an empire, so it, it worked out. Yeah, man. I mean that that was. I I wasn't prepared for what that episode was going to be when I walked in. I didn't know that history from them. Mm. I only knew a little bit. So they kind of like blew me away when I was interviewing them of like the amount of things that they did. There was some other business that they bought once again without getting too far into it. But they also like bought a business again, like before they even did this one, they were like, do you want to just buy this thing? Cause it's like really cheap. And they're just like, yeah, let's <laughs> do it. It's out in an Island. And you're like, that's more risk than I take. I think. Everyone's got their own tolerance. That's more than me, I think. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, what are you drinking, by the way? Dude, um, almost every episode, I actually crack a beer. Tonight, I am just drinking Spindrift Seltzer, normal seltzer. Mm. 
<laughs> no, no it's not interesting. Wow. What's yeah, dude, almost always. And we'll see what happens here on our, like our joint episode. If I crack one for mine, but I don't know. I, uh, I don't know. That's what I was feeling tonight. Okay. That's fair. I've, <laughs> I've, I've actually gotten, uh, quite a, a taste for, uh, Topo Chico with lime. That's been, what my, is it? It's, it's basically a, a Mexican, uh, mineral water with a twist of lime and it's it's in glass bottles it's great stuff whoa i feel like i'm not at that level yeah, that you're i at. mean it's just i don't know i just tried it one time that you get it oldie down here at least i don't know up there but yeah i was like wow all right it's water there's no sugar in it cool i'm down with that I'm good. yeah I, I drink a lot of seltzer dude which is, I heard, not also good sometimes. Probably not. I definitely recommend everyone go check out your episodes. Uh, like I said to you today, you, you know, the one with your wife, the most recent one about her pivot is extremely powerful, especially if you're going through some kind of life crisis or a big life decision. I think that's a really valuable episode. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that makes this whole, you know, studio buying thing a, a lot more scary. I think given the amount of debt that 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 experience can like I said I don't really want to spoil anything but yeah no I I just want to reiterate I think I think it will be a success I I I really think it's it's a perfect idea you know it, it's Thank you man it's need I think it's needed I mean probably are there a lot uh, there are a lot of studios in that area or not really he- yeah. Oh, and that's what's yeah, dude. The, Portland has a lot of studios. Hmm. And um what's weird is like I spent a good deal of my life coming up with like business plans and figuring out like strategically, you know, where am I going to put my studio that has the most demand because there's no other business and this is like the first time where in the selection of this property I literally didn't even look at any studios near me at all. Hmm. I didn't look at the competition I did for one night. I think I spent 20 minutes going through Google of like, what what am I going to see around me? And then I, I have not looked at any competition around me at all because I'm confident that I'm making something that is completely different in, in a really, in, in a confident way, mm. right? Like just like a, I think I'm making something different, but then also like I've just learned when it comes to competition to not look at it that way where I don't think... uh there's a scarcity of musicians that want to work in these environments. I think that there's an abundance and uh, every, every studio is going to be the right fit. There's clients that shouldn't work with me and I, I don't want to work sure. with them if they should be working with someone else, you know, right. and there's people that want to work with me that are not going to want to work with other studios and that's awesome, you know? So absolutely. Yeah. It's kind of weird. I did like the, uh, I did like the, um, you know, your wife's plan and, and the fact that there's no hotels. Yes, she came up with all of that. That that seems like re- that seems like a really good thing. Yeah, she she came up with all of that. Like we wanted to find a, a property that we could live on, that we could build a studio, that we could build the living quarters, and that we could rent another portion of it. But we had a history of doing some uh, long term buy and hold renting, which is just like a normal renter living there. Mm. And we had planned to do that here too, a long time renter, just to wipe out our mortgage to keep our overhead low, like I was saying. But then she researched the area. This is after we already picked the area. She researched the area 
And she was the one that had had come back from vet school saying that she wanted to do like short-term rentals and Airbnbs and things like that anyway. And she looked at this area and after reviewing it, the opportunity for an Airbnb is three, three X what, what a long-term rental that I initially had planned could have done. So once she gave me like that kind of rundown, I was like, let's roll with it. Let's like, I believe in, I believe in what you're doing too. Like she's, she's smart as hell. And she left, she left vet school. I'm sorry for people coming in the middle of this like story, but she, she left vet school to do, to do this. And, uh, she's doing it for a reason too. So Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, cool. What's next for the podcast? What are you what are you planning to change or I know you've got the YouTube series about the renovation that I that's gonna be exciting. I, I really wanna I really look forward to watching that. And I know the the reason behind that is you don't want to bog the podcast down with, with the renovation stuff. Um but yeah. like is there anything that you're gonna change about your podcast going forward that you've learned that doesn't work or things that you've discovered work better and you just want to change formats like what what's what's going on for the future yeah um it's ever adapting obviously as you and i know like talking about instagram reels on here like five seconds ago and algorithms and stuff there's stuff that changes that all of a sudden you need to change with it that i can't anticipate the youtube channel is big we're gonna like launch that with some pre-marketing as if I would do like before a uh, an EP release, we'll be doing some social media marketing to tease that out and, and hype it up to launch that. And the YouTube channel is going to be a big focus for me while maintaining the podcast still. Mm. And we're going to put a lot of effort into that because really for me, video is something that I've known is important. And I've been creeping my way in with these live feeds. Like I'm, I'm live every week and that's been awesome. And that's definitely increased kind of my footprint that I could have because there's different audiences that hang out on, on IG and different audiences that hang out on the podcast. So that's been awesome. But the YouTube channel will be another spot that we can engage with another new audience in a new way that I really haven't been on top of because it would just take me too long to edit YouTube videos before for the podcast. And part of that was not having a setup. So that's like my focus in the beginning of 21. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we'll see what happens at this property, but I am planning on building out a full podcast and content creation space. And in that, I'm, I'm, I really want to make it so that people can just live stream in an easier way than I've, ever, I've been doing because the way that I have is so Jimmy rigged. <laughs> I want to make it so that people can walk into a space, including me selfishly, to just click something on and stream in a ton of different ways and and get more impact. So I think for me, you know, one thing that hasn't been working is just like, I myself am so spread out. I have so many things that I'm working on that I've never been able to give the podcast more attention than just like the consistency. Like I, I got it to weekly. I got it to like, um, you know, to Instagram live with you people every week. And like all that's been, been a growing thing about it, making it so more people can hang out. But I've never been able to do like, I, I've never been able to grow past, um, like I, I get slammed by marketing. I never have enough marketing. I never have enough content for it and any, anything, but uh. this is the best that I can put out with my bandwidth right now, or I'd have to stop. So it's like, I'm trying to grow it through YouTube and trying to grow it through more 
impact through, uh, through streaming. And I think I'm always looking to do something different. So I've, I've been thinking about, you know, obviously, you know, with COVID it's difficult, but I, I always wanted to do an event and link up a ton of guests mm. in the creative community that have linked up with me. So I've always wanted to do some type of event. I'm still keeping that in my back pocket at some point. And I don't know what that even looked like entirely. So that's part of the reason why I haven't gone through with it yet. And yeah, I don't know, man. That's kind of where I'm at on it right now. And and I'm seeing what happens here with my bandwidth and with the uh with COVID and gatherings and things like that and rolling with the punches every day with how algorithms and social media and, and hype change every day. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, I yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of in, in a similar boat to you. It's it, what I'm putting out is it, it's it's really about what can I batch process and what can I what can I do more, you know, yeah. how, how can I be more um, streamlined so that I can get more content with the same amount of time? Exactly. Um, it, it's it's tough, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a slow build. Um, what kind of event are you thinking of, like? I don't know. I want, I don't feel like there's a lot in our area that is helping out creative entrepreneurs. Mm. I really don't. I see like me, I've been going to like some before these times, once again, just assume that I'm saying that (laughs) when I'm saying I've been doing something. But uh, before these times, I was going to a lot of small business and entrepreneurial events and a lot of music and recording and audio engineer events, but I wasn't finding like anything of like something that supports people trying to do a creative business to start it up. I, I'm not seeing anything in New England unless I'm just not aware of it. Some of you guys might tell me some cool shit that's happening, but I wanted to do something to help stimulate these people that are getting out of college with a ton of debt mm. and encourage them not to just go off in the workforce and disappear encourage them to start up their shit and and talk about some ways from guests or whether we have guest speakers from who have been on the podcast collaborators or people in the community have some people there that that have different uh like points to to bring to the audience of of how how can we help these people how do we help them financially how do we help them mentally how do we help them in business how do we help them in in a bunch of different ways so that, that way we're all making plans and we're all like getting after it instead of doing what I did, which was like get lost in the scuffle for three years outside of college and then go, oh shit, I don't want to live this way and trying to like reverse it back. I'd like to help people that were five years ago, me, like my whole life, you know? That's that. Yeah, that's great. I think, yeah, I I think there's room for some type of networking thing or I've been kind of spinning my wheels about the same, same sort of thing. Um, Yeah. Some kind of resource. I mean, the 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 stuff is out there for sure. It's just where is it? How do you find it? How do you get all these people to know about it? Yeah, it's hard. Another question I wanted to ask uh, before we start to wrap up is, you know, if if you, you know, obviously the the studio is going to be your main focus. So the podcast is is what it is. But as far as the podcasts, what what kind of things would you? outsource if you could if you had the financial ability to and what stuff would you keep keep to yourself for my podcast yeah so i am actually in the process of outsourcing even though i am an audio engineer Mm -hmm. 
And even though I run, I'm starting to to split the business a little bit to support other podcasters and processing their stuff. Because I'm putting that infrastructure together, I'm hoping that I will have my podcast production not done by me starting like early January so that I no longer take part in the tech of it. Hmm. Not a lot of it. It would be like just the signal chain and batch out of it, but no more editing for me because it is murdering my time and it's not helping me. It's not making me, I'm, I'm so quick at editing right now. I'm so used to like seeing like, um, and dead space. And like, I can see the sound waves. I can, I have hotkeys, like I'm going, I can, I can edit so quick right now for podcasts and, and audio books and things like that. And I'm not, and it's hurting my time mixing music. Mm-hmm. They need to be balanced. So I'm definitely going to get the, uh, audio editing out of my time. I have to. And if I had the ability, honestly, man, for the podcast, I would like to find guests and pick topics and be on the air like this, but I don't even really want to develop the website. I would like to have someone else do the website and all the show notes and everything. I really just want to get the pictures, the video content for YouTube, the podcasting, and pick the guest and create that content. And if I had the ability, financially, uh, hopefully sometime uh, to do that, that's what I would like to do. Because for me, this has been an amazing learning experience and helped me grow a lot. But I'm not getting more growth out of it at this point. I think it's stunting me a little bit because it's just taking time that I desperately, desperately need back. And I'm working on that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, I really love the editing part. It, It gets me to revisit the conversations and that you know, oftentimes it will put a smile on my face and, and I really enjoy listening back to the conversations Man. while I'm editing. I'd really love to push off all the social wow. media crap and the, you know, cr- content creation for social media. But, you know, we'll, we'll see if I get there. But yeah, I, 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 I really love the, the editing. You're crazy. You're crazy, man. I I don't. I guess so. I definitely get that. Like when you listen back to the conversation, you get like new things from it. Mm. And I also like creating content like on social and Instagram and things like that. But it's just like I am trying to do that for so many different things that is just no longer a fun thing. It's like a stressful thing. It's like a thing I want to put off and I don't I don't want it to be that. You know, I want it to be something that I enjoy to do. And it's not that anymore for me. For sure. You know, this is enjoyable. I love this. Like talking to people, Mm -hmm. this helps me so much. This opens up my world. When I'm editing, I edit so much, dude. I'm editing music. I'm editing drums. I'm editing. I'm constantly editing the audio. I don't want any more audio to edit. It's like the mechanic. The mechanic's car sits in the driveway like broken or whatever because he's been at the shop for 12 hours. I don't want to edit any more than I have to. And Mm -hmm. I friggin' do a hobby that edits shit, you know? <laughs> right. I'm yeah. just that guy, I guess. I, yeah. I feel that. Um, <laughs> la- last, really last subject would be uh, what's going on with the band? Is that still taken away or are you, are you resting it for a bit? Both. It's, it is, I'm playing a show in like a couple weeks for like a, uh, a live stream 24 hour podcast that is going to have some band slots and I'm going to do like an acoustic set there. And I'm launching a split single with a rapper, uh, which is cool. 
in my local area. So it's going to be like, it's weird. It's a really weird mix, dude. It's like a pop punk indie rock split with rap. And he's like, not modern rap. He's like, I don't know. He's, he's a pretty alternative rapper. So I've got a split coming out with him and a guitarist uh, called Bobby Snare coming out in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. And uh, past that, um, it's going to be either reforming my band or deciding how I'm going to perform as a solo artist because my members took off because one had a kid, one went back to grad school. They just can't do this commitment anymore. Sure. So... I am deciding, honestly, like when you hear the split single, a lot of music that I'm writing is kind of mixed with samples like that now. Mm. And that means that I I was only a three piece before. So it's not like we had a huge band. There are only three of us, but maybe I'll go down to just two, you know, me and someone else. I I don't really know what's going to happen yet, but I'm kind of like letting it breathe a little bit just because I can't perform a ton through COVID anyway. And I really want to find new members up here in the Portland area near me that I can grow with for a while and, 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 and be cool with again, instead of dragging people back up from New Hampshire that are, are now a couple hours away. For sure. But I, th- I mean, the, the fact that you have a studio and you'll, well, you will have a studio and you'll have plenty of room. Like, I think a lot of people come out of the woodwork for that reason alone. Cause yeah, you know, I definitely got tired of, of uh, practicing in weed, sm- you know, s- smelling places <laughs> that have a couch that has so much body fluid in it. It's just like, I'm not touching that. <laughs> I, Dude, I still wrong, slept on those couches. What's playing music at a facility that's clean? I don't know. It doesn't happen, man. <laughs> Even when you have a clean facility, it's just like, it's going to have those body fluids and it's going to have that weed. I don't know. You can't, st- it's, it's impossible, dude. I, tr- I try so hard. The studio I work out of now, I I feel like I still clean it a lot and I don't think it has body fluids (laughs) and it's not supposed to have weed, but I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm going to try real hard to keep this place clean too, but I I just, musicians, Uh man, we just suck sometimes. That's the trouble. (laughs) So, okay. Well, cool. Um, yeah, let's wrap it up and, and, uh, been a, it's been great catching up with you and uh you know i i really want to uh tell everyone to to sub you know subscribe to your youtube channel and check out those videos when they start coming out that's going to be really exciting thank you man yeah just remind if you could remind everyone you know where where they can find you and you know how to, how they can get in touch and listen to your podcast yeah so podcast is called the Waking Up From Work podcast. You can go to any podcast platform that you're listening to Simon. He's a little smarter than me, so he might have like a couple more platforms out there. Uh, or you can go to wakingupfromwork.com. And for audio stuff, crawlspaceaudio.com. If you want to see this YouTube channel that's launching, you look up Waking Up From Work podcast and you'll find it. And it says wake up properties on it. It's just like a series that we're launching on it, but it's still the podcast as like that main YouTube channel. We're just not cool enough for a custom URL until enough people follow us. We're, we're 46. We need a hundred subscribers and then we can be cool enough for a custom URL. So maybe some of you guys can help me out, but that's where we're at. And then I have a band called Broadwing. So if you look up Broadwing, there is this Australian dude that mm, yep. is, is, 
we're neck and neck all the time and and <laughs> i don't know broadwing is like an indie rock band and he is like an electronic guy so you'll hear a pretty stark difference between the two of us um but yeah you can go to Bandcamp. we have a a broadwing Bandcamp that, that you'll see broadwing band or yeah itunes and apple music and all that jazz but get mixed up with him sweet yeah man once again it's been great great talking to you um thank you again thank you man thank you everyone thanks as always for listening i'd really appreciate it if you would leave a review on itunes because that really helps the podcast get in front of more people just like you who want to learn from the successes strategies and failures of artists and entrepreneurs that i talk to I really feel that the information coming from those guests is exceedingly valuable for the musicians community and anyone wanting to pick up tips from other people's experiences. Keep pushing the needle and be excellent to each other. This is Dave's band Broadwing with gift cards. Hey, hey, all right. There is an attic attached to my room There is a fridge my father gave me And inside that fridge there are issues Yeah, inside that fridge there are professional issues So I'll keep eating up I'll give cards And I'll keep throwing my shit into shopping carts So if you see me at the bar You will hear me ask for One more, one more PBR There is a window in my room Sometimes I wonder what it'd be like to jump through And outside there are people driving Yeah, outside there are people driving But I don't know if they know where they're going to So I'll keep eating all my meals I'll give Shopping carts So if you see me at the bar You will hear 